Hello, welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here's always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, I am trembling with anticipation. Please, not just to talk about my beloved New York Jets, but also, what are these stories that you need that you have to tell me that you waited until we started recording to tell me? On the day that we were talking about the New York Jets, something happened to me today that is very Jet-centric that I've been meaning to tell you about. I was I was going to text you in the moment. But I decided to wait for this. Before we get to that, updated my ranks yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday. You'll be you'll be hearing this Friday night. Recorded by uh, updated my ranks, and was updated my dynasty ranks. And because I play dynasty without defenses and kickers, I decided that I was going to delete my defense and kicker rankings from dynasty. This is a very, a very straightforward common sense thing to do little did i realize that i got an email from fantasy pros saying why the fuck did i delete my defense and kicker rankings and i emailed them back and i said i just deleted it for for dynasty that's normally how it's played you know most most leagues now go no defense no kicker and they came back to me and they said, no, you deleted them for everything. Oh, my God. I was like, uh, what? Oof. I can't so even I imagine went... doing defense and kicker for Dynasty. Defense for kicker. It kind of that's kind of cool because you just have a kicker for like a million years. But defense defense is hard to draft for Dynasty. Uh, uh, horrific. Anybody who does it should be uh, should just be taken away and barred from playing fantasy ever again. But yeah, I I uh, I deleted my defense kicker rankings in PPR, <laughs> in half PPR, and in standard. And I needed to go back. I needed to put them all in one by one, and then I needed to add them to my overall ranks. So a twenty minute exercise yesterday turned into a two and a half hour recon mission, trying to get my ranks back up to the way that they were, and we succeeded. But, um, yeah, I was not a very happy camper. But the story that um, you've been waiting for. So Let this be a lesson. Also, make sure to have a backup. Did you have a backup? Like a, a, a well, it wasn't my or... It wasn't my fault that I decided to delete my defense kicker ranks in Dynasty, and that affected everything. No, well, I'm just saying. Did, Trust so me, how... I, I won't make that mistake again. Right. Well, how did you – did you just do it, like, for memory? Manually, one by one. Yeah, I always I always have a backup, and it's still and it's still not a hundred not a hundred percent right, but it's like in the sixteenth round, so it's not. I mean, who's going to come after you for defense and kicker rankings? Well, well, fantasy pros did. Well, okay, that fantasy pros did, but that was an honest that was an honest fuck up. That was an honest fuck up on my part. Well, it seems a little, it would seem a little suspicious. Like, why did you do, just delete two sections of your rankings? Yeah, no, that was um, that was an unintentional fuck up. That was that was uh, pretty bad, and that had an impact on my life because that was two and a half hours that I had to spend making sure my ranks were were up to date. Um, <sighs> but that that's not the story that I wanted to tell. So that's 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 the more me story that no one else is going to really give a fuck about. They're just going to say, that's your, that's your problem. Why do I give a fuck? So 
as you could tell, Adam, I am dressed in golf attire. I played I played golf today. And we were, were teeing off. And well, we we're waiting to tee off. And the starter comes up to us. And he's like, you guys up next? I'm like, I, I would hope so. You know, you're the guy who's in charge. <laughs> you're the guy who's in charge of them. And she said, well, you know who's on the tee box right now? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, I wasn't really looking <laughs> at the group that was ahead. Like, I don't really care who's uh, who's teeing off in front of me. I mean, I don't really care about they can hit the ball straight. And that's kind of it. And so we were just like, no, no, we we're just like, whatever. You know, it could have been just some some Joe Blow, whatever, whatever. And the guy goes, "So what? Uh, what fans are you? Are you guys football fans?" And we were like, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're football fans." And he goes, "Well, are you are you Jets fans?" And we're like, "Nah, not really." And he goes, oh, "All right, so maybe it won't mean anything to you." Uh, Jeremy Ruckert is on the tee box right now. Oh wow! Sure. End of the New York Jets. When I tell you <laughs> this guy was a specimen, wow, dude, big ass dude. Noted and Long he Islander, hit a golf ball a mile. Noted, noted Long Islander, Jeremy Ruckert. Yep, was playing with his, was playing with his brother, who apparently is an all SEC soccer player, both out of Lindenhurst High School. Uh, they were playing with two other guys um, that were very cool. Um, I didn't say anything to to Jeremy. He was just kind of like, so he gave off this vibe. He gave off this vibe of like, you know, let me be. And it wasn't like I was going to go up to him and be like, "Oh, Jeremy Rutger, I know you." I. I watched you at Ohio State, and then I watched you with them. Watching you with the New York Jets, and I only do this for a living. You'd just like to do an interview, sir? No, nah, I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't going to do that. But as uh, as Professor uh, Mario Murillo of um, Radio Hofstra University and the Lawrence Herbert School of Communications once said, and I quote: "Always carry a Zoom with you, no matter what you do, as a radio <laughs> professional." That's and true, but I also don't do that. I don't do that. I never would. As I was a golf, it was a golf day. I was not planning on working today. I texted one of my colleagues, and he said, "If you are a real, if you are a real pain in the ass, but football guy, you're asking him for an interview right now." And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing that. I don't have. I I have a very large set. They're not that large for me to just go up to Jeremy Ruckert on a golf course and be like, "Oh yeah, you want to do it? You want to do an interview right now?" Like, no. No, I that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I was not. I was not doing that. But, but it now. Okay, if Jeremy, if Jeremy like was engaging and was like super cool about it, I absolutely would have. I would have done like a ten minute interview with him, and just put it up on the podcast. I would have a thousand percent. But he he did not say he did not say much. Uh, the two guys we were just playing with were, were were very cool though. But yeah, good golfer, good 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 golfer. And I played well today, so I could. I could say that I played well in front of uh, Jerry Ruckert. That's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never it was, know. It was really cool. It was really cool. He, and like I said, big dude, big, 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 big dude. That was like uh, one of my former coworkers had a class with Zach Wilson at BYU. 
go Cougars. <laughs> yeah, go Cougars. But, you know, I don't know. I, th- I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, I have one. Um, Wilson Chandler knocked me out in knockout once at summer camp. That's amazing. That's that's my celebrity, minor celebrity athlete story. I have more. I have more, but we have to get to uh to divisional previews. Well that's that's for, for another time. Last week, last week I was on I was I'll I'll tell it quick. Last week I was I was on my walk. There was I t- I talked we talked about the St. Jude um outing that was going on by by my house and uh and Justin Tuck was uh was out there on one of the uh on one of the holes and I didn't go up to him or anything. I just stopped. So I was walking because I wanted to see if it was Justin Tuck and it indeed was Justin Tuck. And this dude hit a 300 yard drive right down the fucking middle. And when he made contact with that ball, the ball was crying. I can imagine that he's yeah, pretty strong. Oh, playing, playing defensive line for as long as he did. I can imagine he's pretty strong. He, 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 there was, there was a lot of velocity behind uh behind his swing that was uh for sure all right well that was fun um hopefully yeah, so jeremy, jeremy rucker jeremy rucker great guy let me just make sure i have jeremy rucker ranked oh can you imagine if he's like oh so you're a fantasy guy where do you have me ranked and you're like uh i don't know that would that would really suck if i uh if i did not have uh jeremy ranked as i just got kicked from fantasy pros that's um that's annoying uh, all right, let me just make sure that. Oh, hold on. Hold on a minute, Adam. I am continuing to hold. I'm excited to talk about the AFC East. Um, hopefully Jeremy Ruckert, you know, makes the team because I feel like there's some competition at tight end. And I don't know if the Jets are going to keep three. I'm very confident that, that, uh, that Mr. Jeremy is gonna is gonna make the team. That's that's a great guy, King. I mean, basically they have four pretty solid. So they have uh Tara Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert, CJ Uzama, Kenny Yaboa. They drafted. I'm gonna say I'm gonna pronounce his last name this way as to not offend anybody. I don't know how to pronounce it. Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Yep, Zach Kuntz. Yep. Okay, good. That's correct. Yes, because it's spelled whatever. Never mind. Let's not let's not do that. It's not spelled the exact same way, but phonetically, that's how it's spelled. I don't have Jeremy Ruckert ranked. That has that has to change immediately. Let's see. Let's see what Jeremy Ruckert's uh, rank is right now. Hmm. He he dealt with plantar fasciitis last year. It did not look look like he was dealing with plantar fasciitis in the golf course today. I can tell you that right now. So he in PPR, the best he is ranked is tight end forty nine. I mean, for a guy with one catch for eight yards on two targets in his entire career, it's not bad. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Aaron Rodgers gets to uh, gets to love him this year. Great guy, great guy. Yeah, maybe the maybe the Jets play with some uh, three tight end sets. Never know. All right. Well, 
you know what? Let's just do this. We're going we're gonna to talk about the Jets. Sure. And we're starting with the AFC East. Then we're going to go to the NFC East. So the New York Jets. Well, the NFC East is, is going to be an entirely different episode. Oh. Oh, yeah. We're breaking these, we're breaking these up. Come on. We'll be here. We'll be here for two and a half hours with an hour and forty-five minutes of it dedicated to the New York Jets. Well, would it be any different if it was me or Jake on the on the show? Uh, yes, it would. Yes, it would. <laughs> a thousand percent. Jake wants to talk about the Jets and move on swiftly. I like them, but at least this year, especially this year. Um. Yeah, the New York Jets. A lot of stuff. A lot of moving parts with obviously the trade of Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall coming back from the ACL injury. A lot of moving parts, but the one consistency, hopefully, is that Garrett Wilson is going to be amazing. And you know that's what you, that's what you're looking at for fantasy. Aaron Rodgers could be that guy, as far as um, you know, a late round guy, a backup. Or even like if he actually performs well in his first year, uh, he can be a a starter for you for the stretch run. But yeah, really, it's Garrett Wilson that I think a lot of people are looking at at the moment. I don't know. About, I don't know about that. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say Brees Hall, but uh, with with Mr. Rogers, I just have general concerns about Aaron Rodgers in general. He did not look great last year in Green Bay. You could talk about the change in the wide receiver room with no Devontae Adams. Uh, you could talk about that the offense was definitely not as good as uh, maybe it should have been, especially with Aaron Rodgers coming off of, at the time, uh, two straight MVPs. You maybe expected a little bit more, but it, it, it didn't happen. He's by QB 14. He's just pretty much in the middle in the middle of the road of just this group of guys like Kirk Cousins, um, Geno Smith. Anthony Richardson, who I'm probably going to end up moving up at some point. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford. He, he's a very solid high-end QB2 that can give you QB1 weeks, but I wouldn't expect him to be a top-10 quarterback just because I don't really know the kind of volume that you would expect from Aaron Rodgers uh, and the New York Jets offense this year. And you need to factor in as well, he's 39 years old, and maybe the best of Aaron Rodgers, maybe last year, was was a glimpse as to what the future of Aaron Rodgers could potentially be, and and that's maybe the biggest concern that I have with him at the New York Jets. Granted, this is a much better offense. He should have a lot more success with the likes of Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Jeremy Rutgert, great guy. Um, I just have some worry as well, given the AFC East is a, uh, well, the AFC in general, but yeah, the AFC East is a very tough division, and the AFC in general is a very, very, very tough conference that he's going to have to navigate and with the amount of pressure that is going to be on him and the amount of expectation that is on him, that's the thing as well. The Jets fans, there's no loyalty to Aaron Rodgers. There, there's none. They start off, they start off 0-3, 0-4. They're going to be calling for his head. It's it's as simple oh, as that. I would hate that. They're going to be calling for his head. Now, they're not going to start 0-3 and 0-4 because they're playing the Cowboys in Week 2, and he does not lose to the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> nor do the New York Jets. So so really, it's just like a match made in heaven that they're going to be guaranteed a win there. But, in, but in, all, in all seriousness, there's no loyalty to Aaron Rodgers like there was in Green Bay. In Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers was a god. In New York, he's just a potential savior. That's it. 
honestly, if they lose to Buffalo Monday night, people are going to be calling for his head. Um, something depending on will. how depending on how bad they lose to Buffalo, if they do, some fans will. Some fans will. I would say it's an overreaction. Give Aaron Rodgers a month, and then if if it's if it's not looking good after a month, then you can then you can call for his head. It's going to be they, tough. Those first they, four games are going to be it's ridiculous. They're ridiculous. You can't, ben- Buffalo, you can't bench him though. You can't. No, bench you're not. If you're, you're gonna, the Jets, no, you you have to ride it out. But mm-hmm. home against Buffalo, at Dallas, home against New England, home against Kansas City. That's your first four weeks with Aaron Rodgers. You could feel comfortable starting him against Kansas City. Other than that, that's it. That, pa- that then, pa- is that Patriots game in Foxborough or is that at MetLife? It's it's at home. Oh, okay. All right, you could maybe start him there. It's like a top fifteen or so option. But against against Buffalo and against Dallas, no, I wouldn't trust that. I would, I would, I would not trust that at all. The next two games before the bye are at Denver and home against Philadelphia. Those aren't great either. No. So at his first six games, you could be comfortable starting him in two. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. It's going to be so- tough. This is a tough schedule. I mean. I have you know, I have him projected for uh 4100 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions with one rushing touchdown. It basically it basically comes out to around 288 points. He'd be the first Jets quarterback since Joe Namath to throw for 4000 yards in the season. Yeah, well, he should be able to get it with 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 this group regardless of uh of the regression that he that he showed last year. I still think there's a really good quarterback in there. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like Jake always says, I don't doubt Aaron Rodgers, but I do have gen- genuine concerns with the amount of uh, tough, tough games that he is going to Bro, going to have, and he's got to figure it out in a, in a brand new offense. Is the he he played he played in the same offense in Green Bay, pretty much the same offense in Green Bay since 2005. And now he's going into a quote unquote brand new system with a guy that he knows and an offense that he knows in Nathaniel Hackett. But the offense is not going to be the same. There's going to be more. There's going to be tweaks. There's going to be different things that, of course, with different group of players that are going to have to be crafted around those kind of guys. It's going to be conceptually, it's going to be the same, but obviously you have to establish a connection with with the guys that you have in the form of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, who are expected to be the focal point of of your entire offense. And it all, but it does help for sure that the likes of Al Lazard and and Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis are are, are going to be around. That that most certainly Wait, helps. Did they sign Mercedes Lewis? I believe they did. It doesn't say it on ESPN. I will say, I am looking at their schedule, and here are the their games against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Denver free agent, free agent. I take that back. Yeah. So team, I, I, I manifested that one because Jake <laughs> and I have been talking about it just so much. It makes sense. So here are the Jets games against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Denver, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Texans, the commanders and the Browns. That's what's, it. What's his schedule week 15? Oh, and the Patriots. 17. So what's his playoffs? schedule week 15, 16, 17 at Miami home oh. against Washington at Cleveland. I see. I don't love that. 
I really don't. So he's not yeah. even a guy that you would be, com- be comfortable with starting in 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 fantasy playoffs. He, honestly, honestly, this is tailor made to talking to the non Jets fans in the Northeastern market. Don't draft Aaron Rodgers. Just don't do it. Honest, honestly, let the Jets fans let the Jets fans in your fantasy leagues fight for him. That's it. Looking at the schedule and also Jets fans and Jake might agree with me on this. If you were here, Um, we're very nervous and expect the worst a lot of the time. And because the franchise is cursed. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that's like, Oh, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers, And he's going to suck this year. I would hate that. But also the schedule is so tough for Rodgers and the Jets. You can't you can't be all in on a 39-year-old quarterback when there are so many better options out there when quarterback is so deep. You look at his schedule, you look at the year that he had last year, you look at where he is now. There's just a whole lot of of uh, moving parts when you can look at a guy like Daniel Jones, look at a guy like Deshaun Watson, who is in a different but similar situation to Aaron Rodgers. Dak Press Dak 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 is the best comparison that there is. Dak is a guy that is consistently overlooked that no one wants to have, but is going to get you 30 touchdowns and throw for 4,500 yards if healthy in his sleep. Why is that guy not valuable? It makes no sense. Besides besides what we've talked about in the past, that his rushing numbers have gone down. But as a pure passer, Dak will get it done. So why, why are we potentially talking about Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott in the same fantasy sentence? It should not be happening. I don't know. I think I don't know, honestly. I can't really tell you why. It's just that's just the way it is, but you know, you got to take advantage of it when it happens. Aaron Rodgers should not be drafted higher than, than the QB twelve. Like after after Daniel Jones, and if you want to take Aaron Rodgers before, you know, Tua or Kirk Cousins, while I wouldn't agree with it, you could probably do it. Um, I'm sure Anthony Richardson will enter that equation not before long. Geno Smith is in the discussion, Jared Goff's in the discussion, Matthew Stafford's in the discussion as well. There are a lot of guys that I think are are a lot safer than Aaron Rodgers. But if you wanted to take Aaron Rodgers and then have another veteran guy, like if you wanted to take if you wanted to take Daniel Jones and Aaron Rodgers, or you wanted to take Tua and Aaron Rodgers, or Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, cool, I, that's fine by me. But he cannot be a guy that you're relying on week in and week out. You can't draft him as your QB one. You 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 can't. That's a yep. big um, big risk. Also, depending on how you feel on Thursday about Thursday games. That fantasy championship game against Cleveland is on, on Thursday. For now. For, For now. now. Oh, that's right. You, they can flex those. Now. That's weird. That can't get flexed. So that I, that makes me more inclined to not want to take Aaron Rodgers and not have to start him championship week on a Thursday. Yeah, that's true. But um, that's about it for the Jets, honestly. But we didn't get so, into Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson or anybody else. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is all everybody cares about. Everybody knows that Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are going to be amazing. I have concerns about Brees Hall. I really do. Because if Brees Hall, if you're telling me that Brees Hall is going to be healthy, there are no concerns. But look at all the guys that came back from major injuries last year. J.K. Dobbins came off the torn, the torn ACL. He wasn't good for the first three quarters of the year. Cam Akers came off of the torn Achilles. He wasn't good for three quarters of the year. Why is Brees Hall any different from either one of them? 
Well, yeah. I don't know. He tore his you, ACL. You, he tore his ACL. Jets offense is definitely interesting. But he is a guy that, again, you can't. I would not be comfortable going zero RB in rounds one and two and starting your running back core with Brees Hall as your RB1. I would not be comfortable with that. If you could do it where you some way, somehow, like if you're in a keeper or in a dynasty league and, and well, dynasty, it won't matter because Brees Hall is going to be a top six or seven pick, but in a keeper league and you have – you have a really good keeper receiver and you're able to go receiver receiver in round one, round two, then have that receiver, then go Brees Hall. Then I think that's okay. But if you have a good running back keeper and you go that running back keeper, then go receiver, receiver, Brees Hall, that's even better. I like that. But he can't he can't be your R your RB one just because of the concerns that I just generally have with the knee. But if he's healthy. There's no doubt about it. Brees Hall is going to be really, really good. He's my RB10 right now in full point PPR. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess if you see him falling when you're drafting with humans and not like doing mock drafts, if you see him falling on draft day, then, I mean, there might be something to that anyway. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because both people, if you're not in the Northeast, you might see that happen. But if you're in the Northeast and you're drafting with Jets fans, that's not going to happen. Because the Jets, yeah, well, there's the that Jets one radar is just going to go up on somebody and be like, oh, Brees Hall's falling? Brees Hall? There was that one year, I think it was like either my first or second year in um, our league, the, the regular old league, um, where Gronk was, fell to like the sixth or seventh or whatever. I think he fell, fell to like the double digits. I have to go back and look at it. But it was like crazy. Like he was, if you go on to, if you like see the ranks at the time, Gronk was the highest ranked player for like two or three rounds. It just like nobody wanted anything, any part of him. And guess who took him? I'm sure it was you. Yeah, because I had Brady. Oh. A classic beat pick pick going for 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 terrific Tom. Great guy. Love him. Yeah, it's uh. Anyway, that's is that it? For the uh, Jets? I didn't talk, I I didn't talk about Garrett. I didn't talk about Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is okay. terrific. Yeah, go go all out and get Garrett Wilson. I have in a startup dynasty league that I that I'm joining. I got the sixth pick, and right now I'm zeroing in on two guys. It's either C.D. Lamb or Garrett Wilson. That I that I'm going to end up taking. Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver eight in in full point PPR. Uh, in my overalls in full. Garrett Wilson is my 17th player overall. I love him. I love him. And this is a guy that we've been talking about all offseason. It's all systems go for Garrett Wilson. And outside of that, I don't have a Jets receiver inside my top 55. The next, next one up is Alan Lazard at wide receiver 58. Yeah. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Aaron Rodgers, the number one receiver, is a, is a superstar who wears 17. And then there's nobody else behind him. I wouldn't say superstar. I would say a budding superstar. I would not say superstar. Yeah. I would not say superstar. You cannot you cannot call a guy that had four touchdowns last year a superstar. Hey, listen. Two of those He's very good. He is very good, the- and he has proven me wrong already. But he's not a superstar, not yet. Yeah. That's the one thing that kind of worries me is that the Jets just don't have any depth at receiver. As a fan, anyway. But for fantasy, it's great for Garrett Wilson. 
because, you know, the ball's going to him more often than not. But um, for Aaron Rodgers, if you decide to do to go that route, um, if Garrett, if something happens to Garrett Wilson, God forbid, knock on wood, um, it's going to be tough. I have him down for 94 catches. What about the yardage? Is, which is dynamite in in full. The yardage, I have him down for just under 1,200 yards. Yeah, it's a little confusing, honestly, what the Jets did in the offseason season with their receivers. I understand letting Braxton Barrios go to Miami because um, he just was not great. Um, he showed flashes, but that was about it. He but was useless trading, Zach Wilson was on the field. Yeah. I mean, trading Elijah, give me, give me something. Like, he would, with Aaron Rodgers, I would have been interested to see what his, like him turning his career around with that. And now but, Elijah Moore is one of the more popular breakout candidates. Who would have thought? This is like the Puchnevich trade all over again. Ain't it funny? Ain't it funny how shit works? Yeah. All, ain't it all, funny how shit works? That all that's all that's needed is for uh, is for a guy to just get away from the New York Jets and all and all of a sudden he's getting he's getting a ton of love. But we'll get we'll get to Elijah Moore. We haven't talked about the uh, the AFC the AFC North yet. All right, now we're done with the Jets. Yes. Now let's go talk about Braxton Barrios. Let's go to his team and the Miami Dolphins. Um, this is going to be fun because I get to hear you constantly say to his name just the way that you say it i'm just gonna say it once i'm just gonna say it once once. okay yeah i don't i don't want to i don't want to wear out wear it out uh the uh the the quarterback for the miami dolphin to attack the qb alabama my qb 12 obviously the biggest concern with two is health that is the 1000 percent biggest concern out of anything else it's not about how good he's going to be. It's not about can he play. He can play. Tua can play, and that, that is a largest, large, large, large assist to the guys that he has out wide in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, who we'll get to in a minute. The biggest concern with Tua is health. If he could stay on the field and he's not taking these huge monster hits from behind, a lot of them haven't been his fault, but that's neither here nor there. He He's getting beat up. Literally, literally, and figuratively, he he's just getting absolutely beat up out there. And there's and there are a lot of former Jets on this team. It's Jets South. There's there's a major concern about Tua's long term health if he suffers another concussion, and it's very hard to believe that the Dolphins are going to continue to mess around with this. Uh, there's a reason why Mike White is the backup in Miami because they obviously view that Mike White can do the job if Tua is out for a prolonged period of time, which we've seen before. They needed to get a competent backup. Mike White is competent enough. But Tua, if he's on the field and he's healthy, there's no reason why he can't be a top 12 quarterback because we've seen him have some monster, monster weeks. It's just about can he stay healthy? QB 12, but I would I, I understand the people that want to put him closer to 20 than that want to put him to 10 in their QB ranks because of the health. But again, I've said this before. I do not rank based on projections when it comes to health. Can't do it. So do you think assume it's gonna... that everyone is going to be healthy. Assume that everyone is playing a full season. Two is my QB 12. 
Do you think it's going to be Mike White as a QB two over Skyward Thompson? Yes, I do. They paid they paid him to be that. Okay. Because so, yes, yeah. I mean Skyward Thompson was the guy who started in the playoffs for them. Yep. Also. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, it's something to think about. And he was like, okay, I guess in relief they, of Tua. They, they need a guy that could that could throw the ball and 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 I think but he was he, their uh, third stringer. They had Teddy Bridgewater, so I right. it makes sense that they brought in Mike White. I know that one guy on this Miami Dolphins team is somebody that you like a fair bit. He plays running back for them. Devin A. Chain. I mean, I like him for now. He's got upside. He could definitely win this job because of there being Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I think those are two guys that could, he can easily take the job away from. But this whole Dalvin Cook thing is definitely a little annoying. That if if Dalvin Cook does end up going to Miami, this the the whole Miami backfield will have to be uh, reprojected. But as of right now, you know, as we're talking on Thursday, July sixth at seven fifty-five p.m., Dalvin Cook is not a member of the Miami Dolphins. As of right now, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert are vying for the number for the number one job there. Devin A. Chain should definitely got to look at that. And if it is going to be those three going into the year of Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, I think Devin A. Chain's got a clear pathway to potentially becoming the the, the RB one in Miami. Given, I just don't think Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert a are what they were, and b they can't stay healthy either. So neither if, of them if, really. If, even if one goes down, neither and Devin A. Chain yeah. gets gets a look. That that could be enough for him to to get significant work, and he's my RB forty nine right now. I think that is an unbelievable value. And someone that everybody should be looking to to go and get these rookie these rookie running backs in general. I'm really really liking in the form of uh, A Chain, Kendra Miller, Rashawn Johnson, Dwayne McBride. Just a couple, just a couple to to, uh, to throw out there of guys that can potentially get some looks to become the main ball toters for 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 their respective teams: the Dolphins, the Saints, the Bears, and then the Vikings. All right, sounds good. Um, here's where with the Dolphins, besides the Tua situation, um, the other main point of emphasis for the Dolphins is the res- are the receivers with yep. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Both top 12 guys for me. Tyreek Hill is my wide receiver four, Jalen Waddle, my wide receiver 11. They're great. You draft them and, and you're going to have a really good time with whichever, whichever one you get. It's, it's, it's crazy with the amount of, with the amount that they throw. In Miami, they both can have weeks and not eat, eat into each other. The biggest concern that I have with 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 both of them, and it all it all goes back to you know what we were just discussing with with Tua. If there is significant concern about the long term health of the player, and, and there definitely should be, is it possible that they decide to run the ball more? And if they get Dalvin Cook, do they really? want to run the ball more and I I think they definitely could. Um but they have two superstar receivers 
on the outside on the outside. Then they can move him anywhere if they want. Tyreek Hill could go inside. Same with Jalen Waddle. They could both be outside. Their top 12 receivers, their dynamite fantasy plays. Uh, if I look at where I have both of them, I know Tyreek Hill, I have sandwiched in the middle of round. I have him just at the start of round two. Tyreek Hill, I have him at 11th overall. And then Jalen Waddle, I have at the start of round three at 22nd overall. All right. Interesting. Um, that's a good point, honestly, that you brought up with the running the ball more. I just don't know with, I mean, if they signed Alvin Cook, that changes a lot of things um, and not For just sure. scheme. But I feel like Mike McDaniel in the West Coast offense, they just, I mean, maybe I'm thinking like back to even like, Kyle, you know, Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan or even like watching old highlight tapes of the uh, Bill Walsh 49ers. But like they didn't really run the ball all that much. It's a lot of it's a lot of passing. I mean, Tua might throw like 40, 50 times a game. Uh he, he definitely have that in him for sure, but they may not have a choice. And that's kind of what I'm alluding to. That the scheme, the scheme, you're correct. The scheme calls for more throwing and a and a real emphasis on passing the ball. But with Tua's health and you know, just taking a, a, a projection as to what could potentially happen if Tua takes another big hit, I, I think they'd rather call less less plays that revolve around two of getting the ball uh, super downfield. Maybe they work with, you know, getting the ball out of two his hands more quickly on, on passes might resort in more screens and more short passes, which if they go for more screens, that could really be good for Tyreek Hill, uh, just getting him into, in, into space. But I, I kind of want to lean towards that. They're going to have to run the ball a little bit more just to protect Tua, honestly. And I obviously I don't, I want them to throw the ball more because it's great for fantasy. And as we saw last year, both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were great when they were throwing the ball as much as much as they were. But they have to protect the quarterback there, and that that's like the small concern that I have with the Dolphins wide receivers. It's a, it's a very 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 small one because I think even even if let's just say you know nuclear scenario is that it is Mike White and two is out again, I still think they'll be fine with Mike White. Well, I was actually, that's what I was going to ask as a follow-up. Like, do you think Mike White Beach would be Taylor. able to, yeah. Do you think he would be able to keep up Yes. with, uh, if Tua goes down with all that passing and everything? Yes, I do. I, there, there's a re, there's a reason why uh, Mike McDaniel brought him in. And I think that is the reason that they know that if God forbid nuclear scenario happens where Tua is out for a while, Mike White could come in and he could lead this and he could lead this football team. This is a team. This is a team that, quite honestly, you know, there, there's some questions in Buffalo. Uh, the Jets, you know, we don't know what they're going to look like. The Patriots, you know, the Patriots are just kind of, you know, doing what they're doing. You know, whatever the the hell that is. There's it's a okay. pathway. You can say that, the Patriots if, suck. It's okay. You can say that they suck. Well, they they don't suck because they they have Bill Belichick. I refuse I refuse to say the Patriots suck when they have Bill Belichick. But there's a real pathway for Miami to potentially be a surprise team of the AFC East if and and potentially win the entire thing. Yep, we will have to see. All right. Um, let's go with, because I'm going in non-alphabetical order, just random order. Um, let's go to New England. Ugh. Ugh, I know. Shit. Welcome to my world. God. All right. Elephant in the room. 
quarterback. Yeah, Mac Jones is not good. Mac Jones is not good. Uh, you're only drafting him in the deepest 14-team leagues and in super flex sort of setups. Is it safe to say that the only the only viable players on this team, fantasy-wise, are Ramondre Stevenson and Hunter Henry? Uh, Juju. Oh, yeah, that's true. Juju. Uh, Ramondre... Ramondre should be should be fine. I, I I would I would think. I mean, there's there's literally there's nobody else. There's no competition for Ramondre Stevenson. He should be all right. He's a top he's a top twelve guy. I just have general genuine concerns about the offense. And we've talked about this a thousand times. Where are there thirty touchdowns in this offense? And the answer probably is no. Yeah. So also, it, Mike Yusicki is there, as I just realized as I'm looking at this on yeah, ESPN. Yep. Yeah, they brought they 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 bring in Mike Yusicki, but. If say say the number is thirty, say the number they have thirty flat touchdowns and Ramondre Stevenson, you're hoping he gets ten. That means Ramondre Stevenson is getting a third of the team's touchdowns. Is that realistic? Probably not. So you I have mean, to hope, you have to hope that the Patriots, with their new offense around Bill O'Brien, that it's going to unlock unlock something. Now, their new what old offense. Is, who knows now? There's also the potential for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, if DeAndre Hopkins goes to New England, then potentially there could be something there. But it's not something that I'd be going out of my way to to try and and, and test out. Yeah, I mean, if there are 30 touchdowns in this offense, let's say for, argument, for argument's sake, let's say yes. Um, And let's say also for argument's sake, Ramondre Stevenson scores 10 touchdowns as a running back. That's 20 touchdowns for Juju, for Mike Kosicki, for Hunter Henry, and for the rest of the receivers. Yep. And potentially and potentially a running back here or there. Yeah. That's I mean, not, they that's still not have... Ramondre Stevenson and maybe, maybe a rushing touchdown here or there for Mac Jones as well. Yeah, it's going to be... Oh boy, this offense is going to be interesting. Is the wrong word? Bad. <laughs> the Bad. Off, the opposite of that. Like I, I just don't see how this offense is going to be anywhere near viable enough for for fantasy, which is why I, I'm I'm down on Ramondre Stevenson in a big way. But he's still he's still fine. I'm not, I'm not saying you know avoid him like the plague. I'm just saying that you know for let me just check uh, where the consensus is on him. I feel like in the last mock draft, he went pretty high. He went like he went like fifth overall, I'm pretty sure. The consensus has him as the RB8, and that that for me is just irresponsible. Is that in standard half full? Full. Full. That that to me as the uh, the RB8, I think, is irresponsible, personally. That's a bit that's a bit much. It's rich. It's very rich. Let me just see where I have my overalls. Uh, I mean, we've seen this work before, running back on a bad team. But he is, in 12-team leagues, he is right at the 2-3 turn. He's 24th overall. I would take that. Yeah, I think think a lot of people would. I think, yeah. I think a lot of people would. In our mock drafts, where we saw him going in the back half of the first round, that's a bit much. Yes. Yes. 
had had the shock and awe whenever I would see it. I think on almost all of them, we have he went in the either in the early second or late first round. Uh yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, let me just look at his at his ADP. His ADP. He's going twenty fifth overall. So he's going middle of round three in ten team leagues, then top of round three and twelve. Which is good. That's a that's a good spot for him. Yes, I, I completely agree. If you're if you're getting him at that price, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I I completely agree also. Um anybody else for New England? I mean uh, I mean we can talk about we can talk about the 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 receivers and really really it is just Juju. Um he's a top Forty-five guy for me. It's just really hard to really trust that you know Juju is going to go from Kansas City, where really he was just a he was just a cog in the in the wheel, honestly. To now in New England, where he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones, and we are going to expect that Juju is going to go back to potentially being the. 90 to 100 catch guy that he was for two seasons in Pittsburgh. I, I just have a really, really hard time thinking that that's going to happen. I just would love to avoid uh, any pass catcher for the New England Patriots as much as I possibly can. Uh, Juju being, you know, top of that list just because he's the guy that I think is going to be drafted uh, versus the likes of like Devontae Parker and and Hunter Henry and, and, and Mike Kosicki. Yeah. I mean, maybe some streaming potential because I know that, like, um, there are a lot of times. I don't know if it's going to be, be like drafted based year. on name value, though. So I, I, I don't I don't think he's going to be a guy that no, what I was be, saying, you know, like the other the other uh, receivers, maybe like depending on how the Patriots are with also with injuries. I mean, Kendrick Bourne is a guy that people st- started in a couple places last year. I would say that the, the, the guy that's not on the radar maybe for the Patriots I'd be interested in just because he's a younger guy would be Tyquan Thornton, formerly out of Baylor. That would be the guy that I think I'd be most interested in if I had to pick one. All right. Cool. But again, Last it, but- it all comes oh. down to this. Is a New England Patriot going to win you a fantasy league? The answer is no. no. Is Juju is Juju Smith-Schuster being your wide receiver four or wide receiver five on your bench going to help you? And does he crack into your starting lineup at any point? The answer probably is no. So I would much rather, you know, Juju being my wide receiver 44, I would much rather take the chance on someone like Nico Collins, Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnston, Romeo Dobbs, even Jonathan Mingo, guys that are lower than him, but have significantly more upside that could potentially crack into your lineup and could be contributors for you. The crazy thing is the ceiling is so low. That's what I was going to say. Like, I feel like the floor is even lower. That's also what I was going to say. Yeah. And we are really on the same wavelength today. Which is why, which is why you go and you take the chances in round eleven, wherever he's going, on a younger receiver with significantly more upside. And if it doesn't work, you just cut him for somebody else. 
yeah, honestly, I do kind of like Quentin Johnston as a as one of those late round receivers. Out of all the names we just said, my favorite would be Zay Flowers. I just uh, that I just the Chargers are fun. I mean, Brandon Staley aside, the Chargers are a fun team. We talked about Quentin Johnson, and I think the biggest concern that I have with him is I don't know how much he's going to play. Well, that's the thing because he's like the he's the number three mm-hmm. in that offense. So three well, B, three B, really. If you, you know Josh Palmer is still there, that's true. So basically, well, the thing is, you don't like to project injuries, but I'm projecting injuries. I just don't think he's going to play. Well, no, I'm saying like it's Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. When was the last time either of them played a full season? You could project injuries and you could speculate where injuries are more likely to occur. And yes, he is an injury away in Los Angeles from absolutely no doubt being on the field. That is correct. And if that's a stab that you potentially want to take, then that is a calculated gamble. And I would completely understand it. Well, that's just the that's the crux of taking late round receivers. Not true. Late round play. Well, late uh, late round players. You're not taking surefire guys in the late rounds. Well, yes, yes, but you're also you're also have to analyze situations where guys are going to get onto the field, and not because of injury, because of potentially opportunity as well. Zay Flowers is going to start in Baltimore. That's why I like him. Jonathan Mingo could potentially start in Carolina, because I mean, do we really think that the likes of DJ Chark, Adam Field, or Therese Marshall is there a wide receiver one coming from that group? Probably not. So Jonathan Mingo has got a clear pathway to being a no doubt starting receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Now for fantasy, I mean, who who knows? That's an, that's a completely different story. But just it's just an example of taking guys that have a humongous ceiling in the late rounds. So what we talk about all the time. I never ever want to take veteran guys in the double digit rounds because it's not going to help me. They're not going to crack into my lineup ever. Whereas young guys, well, there are always guys in the waiver wire, always guys you could go and pick up and for if need be round out your team. You always want to take those lottery chances because they if they pay off, they pay off huge. Yep. All right. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills. This is the easiest quarterback uh, discussion I feel like we will have on this show. Where we, Josh Allen's good. I mean. I'm interested to see. Well, it looks like his his elbow is healed up, you know, over the over the off season, so that shouldn't be a problem for him. And he was on a good pace before he hurt his elbow. So, yeah. I, the biggest issue with 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 Josh was he was on he was killing it before the bye week. He was a top five quarterback every single week before the bye. And then he hurt his elbow week nine versus the Jets. And then after that, it was kind of all over the place. It really wasn't as consistent maybe as you want it to be. He still was a top 10 quarterback every week but two. But as a guy that you're taking number one off the board, you know, you're know you kind of hoping that he's going to get you what he did in the first six weeks of the year, be a top five guy every every single week. Like Adam said, the elbow hopefully is is healed up and ready and ready to go by now. He's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board. He should be, given the rushing uh, upside that he has and the passing upside, which we all know he has. He's a 35-plus touchdown guy. 
He's going to get you a sprinkling of rushing touchdowns as well. I mean, I have him down for nine. He's going to be great. He's going to be great as he, as he always is. And remember remember who told the world that Josh Allen was going to be a success story. Happened right okay. here at the Basement Talk Podcast via moi. No, it didn't. It happened on the Required Radio Fantasy Show. Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that program. Yeah, yeah, I said it. The Basement Talk Podcast didn't exist in 2018. True. Good point. We were, we, well, were we, were you still in school? I was. No, I was out. Oh. I was out. I guess it was before you graduated. That Josh year. Josh is a great guy. Josh is a, Josh is an abs- absolute king. Love him. Uh, Kyle Allen is also on this team. Just not relevant for fantasy. Just in case you were wondering, the journeyman quarterback tracker. Uh, and, Matt Bar- and Matt Barkley. Oh, do you want to feel old? You know how many years Matt Barkley has been in the league for? 12. No, 10. I was going to say 10 too. Yep. Drafted in 2013. Same year as Geno Smith. That's sickening. <laughs> people, were th- people thought he was going to win the Heisman, but he was terrible. Anyway. That's, that's sickening. He was like a 96 in NCAA 13. But he had an awful season. Oh, Matt. Yeah. Killed the Jets that one time. Fucking in 2018. Fucking Matt Barkley. Anyway, that's besides the point. So the running backs. Uh, James Cook. He's by himself. Well, Damian Harris is here. But he's basically by himself. He's. (laughs) You'd hope. I like Damian Harris a lot. I really do. Uh, it kind of worries me. I really want to like James Cook, but they're they are so close in my in my ranks. I have Cook at thirty three and Harris at thirty seven and full. They they are so close to one another that it, it honestly it's just not worth taking a stab on on either one of them. If I'm being really honest. I'm just kind of out on on both the uh, both the Bills running backs. If, if I had to take a gamble on one, I kind of think Harris would be the guy, just because I think the touchdown upside is greater with Damian Harris than it is with James Cook. I think James Cook could definitely be your in between the twenty guy, and then when it gets down twenty to goal, I think it's going to be Damian Harris. I think that that that's just my hunch. It's kind of a crowded room, honestly. So you have James Cook and Damian Harris, but you also have Naeem Hines and Latavius Murray mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Yeah, they, they won't carry four running backs unless they really want to shock me and just have Naeem Hines be on special teams. That would be a huge surprise, but I don't think they carry four. Yeah, that makes sense. That uh, definitely makes sense. And honestly, it does kind of track with what we were seeing in our mock drafts so that James Cook wasn't going as high as he would be if he was really by himself in Buffalo. He's go he's going in the eighth round. He's going in the eighth round, which is pretty much where I would, I would expect him to go. Uh, in my overalls, I have James Cook at 87th overall. So middle of round eight. That's not bad. I mean, I would love it if he were going to be higher.
If he were higher, yeah. I would really, I would really like that. And I said round eight. I apologize. Round nine. That's still good. I yeah, mean, that's still good. Well, he he could have upside potentially if he separates himself from uh, from Damian Harris in the in the offense. But if he's given the opportunity to do so, yeah, yeah. But like the Bills' offense, it's always had two running backs, basically. That don't get that don't get enough work because you have you have Josh Allen that wants to, that wants to drop back and throw the ball fifty times a game. Well, yeah, it's been like ten years of this basically since all the way so since Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller, and or Fred Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. Only diff only difference is they actually have a quarterback that can shoulder shoulder the responsibility of dropping back and throwing the ball fifty times a game, and they have success true. doing it. That is true. But, Why fix what ain't broke? And they got a guy wide receiver that wants the ball more. Yeah. Let's get into that. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Yep. People are not as high on Stefan Diggs as they were last year. Which is surprising. Which and could be beneficial. Smoking, I say they're smoking crack. Yeah, that's beneficial, honestly, to those of us who enjoy... Uh, having Stefan Diggs on our team, which I do. He's had three straight hundred catch seasons since he's been in Buffalo. He's got Josh Allen coming back there. Has the toughest schedule though for wide receivers in 2023. So that's that might be a slight turnoff for Stefan Diggs, but e- but either way, the guy is a lock to get you at least 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns and a hundred catches. I'm very willing to put my money in the camp that Stefan Diggs gets a hundred catch threshold again. I haven't, I have him down for 105 catches. He's yeah, so, I mean, so, so safe and go, go get him. He's still, he's still only 29 years old. Like, what are we doing? This is, this is a classic case. I think of the fantasy community overreacting to a situation that is very fixable. He's still Stephon Diggs. If, if this situation were happening in Kansas city, nobody would blink an eye. People would say, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. He'll get his guy the ball. No problem. But because it's not Patrick Mahomes and it's in Buffalo, it's with Josh Allen. Oh, we got a problem. We got a big crisis. There's no crisis. This is a fixable situation. Draft Stefan Diggs. If you could get him in the middle of round two, even better. Yeah, it's going to be tough, though. You know, he has to go. He's 12th overall for me. It's going to be tough, like schedule wise. He's got four matchups. Again, well, he has two two each against the Dolphins and Jets, who both have great corners. He goes up against his brother in the potentially anyway uh, in the first week of fantasy playoffs at home against Dallas, um, which would be cool. He goes up against the Giants, the Eagles, the Broncos, the Bengals, those the Bucks. Those are tough corner matchups for Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So it's he's earned that ranking for sure. You trust the talent. You do trust the talent, but just be aware that he is going to get locked down on a lot of weeks or at least, you know, one on one shadowed um, on a number of weeks. Doesn't worry me. Honestly, it, it doesn't worry me one bit. The guy is so uber talented that. There is never going to be a week where you're questioning whether or not you should be starting Stefan Dix ever. And that's not 
Well, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, just keep it in mind. Oh, I, I know, I know you're not. I'm, I'm just saying in general. If you're thinking about benching Stefan Diggs because of a matchup, that's that's ridiculous. He is starting every single week for you, and he is going to justify you taking him as a, as a second round pick in most of your leagues. I'd rather feel stupid for starting Stefan Diggs and having him be terrible than feel stupid for benching Stefan Diggs and having him do amazing. Correct. Correct. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the Bills tight ends. It's Dawson Knox. Well, there's another receiver to talk about on the, on the Bills. I don't like talking about Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis is actually very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Post-hype sleeper. Obviously, all the talk that he got coming into last year. He got so much hype last year. Finished the wide receiver 36 a year ago. Had an 18% target share. He's still the, the deep threat of choice for, for Josh Allen. Even though he's not going to be a guy that's going to be super consistent for you in terms of in terms of receptions. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a, a boomer bust sort of candidate most weeks. And he's and, and for a guy that really didn't live up to the expectations last year, he still had seven touchdowns and had a career year in, ter- in terms of yards, in terms of catches, in terms of targets, in per- in terms of yards per reception, and in terms of long touchdown, a 98-yard touchdown last year. I'm kind of digging Gabe Davis as a, as a borderline top 100 pick right now in fantasy. And... Again, it all comes down to he's a member of the Buffalo Bills. He's gonna get he's gonna get something. And that's the kind of guy that I am more than happy to go out and target as a guy that could potentially deliver and turn into potentially a wide receiver too for for your fantasy teams. But it'll be very hard to do in an offense where Stefan Diggs is there, Dawson Knox is there, Dalton Kincaid is fresh arrived. It's gonna be very, very tough to do, but is there a pathway towards him doing it? Yes. Yeah. Um post type indeed. Because I don't think people are going to be as high on Gabe Davis as no, you were. Th- as, nor, yeah. nor should they. Nor should they. Nor should they be. He's he, he's he's my wide receiver forty-seven, but he's definitely a guy that that has to be rostered just because of the potential that he could turn into something. Yep, um, I like he, I like him a lot more in non PPR and in half than I do in full. Though he's definitely one of those guys, very volatile. I think, and Extremely. maybe that's just his, you know, his reputation precedes him. And zero, that's zero floor, tremendous ceiling. Yeah, literally zero floor. I mean, gosh, none. That's crazy. None yeah. to speak of. Anybody on the receiving end or with the receivers uh, before we go into tight ends? Um, maybe Khalil Shakir could also be interesting. Second year player out of Boise State. He could be interesting as a super late round target in like 14 team leagues. Yeah. Well, everybody's always looking for, you know, late round targets, potential lottery tickets. So no better, no better place to look than potentially uh, in Buffalo, to be completely honest. Yeah. I would say so. And I mean, when you have, uh, yeah, looking at teams with good quarterbacks. It's going to be interesting just because, especially when you're looking at guys that low on the depth chart, um, it really is a lottery ticket. Like one of those late late round guys are like, who? You know, 
that's what you're kind of looking at. Yeah, Khalil Shakir is my is my wide receiver ninety four. So, you know, he's super super late. Will be undrafted in most leagues unless you're in a, a super deep uh, fourteen team league keeper uh, dynasty startups something like that. But boy, he'll he'll be undrafted in most places. All right. So Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid are the two tight ends here that we want to talk about. And how much do you think Dalton Kincaid is going to affect Dawson Knox as far as production? It's it's super rare for a tight end, especially as a rookie, to come in and make an immediate fantasy impact. But I think I think Kincaid has the chance to do it. And I think we're going to see both Kincaid and Knox getting plenty of time on the field together. Maybe not necessarily with Kincaid playing the traditional tight end position, but maybe more as as, as a hybrid, which you know has been talked about um, by the Bills extensively, that they could move him around, potentially him. He could go into the slot. They could put, line him up as a traditional tight end, could line him up outside. He, he's super talented. He is really, really, really talented. This is a kid that had high draft pedigree. He could have gone in the top 20 of the draft, and the Bills traded up to go get him. Another weapon for Josh Allen, another toy for him to play with. It's just extremely rare for, for a tight end to you know produce right away. But you know, he's my wide receiver seven uh, wide receiver. He's my tight end 17. I have him down for about 47 catches. You know, he's got he's got upside. He's got upside for sure. Um, Dawson Knox at this point is just another guy. He's just a more bust tight end. I'm not really that interested. Um, there is another rookie from this class, though, that I'm definitely more interested in than when it, when it comes to uh, to Kincaid, and that's Sam Laporta. But we'll be talking about uh, Sam Laporta next week. Yeah, uh, Freudian slip there with uh, saying Dalton Kincaid is in your wide receiver rankings. I, I corrected it. I'm just saying. It's just uh, funny. It happens. It happens. It's funny when it happens to other people because it happens to me all the time. I'm a, I'm, I'm a sleepy boy. Anything can come out of my mouth right now. <laughs> um, Honestly, that would be a matchup nightmare, though, if they line up Dalton Kincaid in the outs- on the outside or in the slot. If only the Falcons tried it. Yeah, can you fucking imagine Kyle Pitts as a slot receiver? Teams wouldn't even know what hit him. Well, they did. They, they he was a slot receiver in college. He was also an outside receiver, and he also played tight end, which is why he was drafted number four overall. And yet here we are going and into his second, he, third yeah, year. Yep, it's here just the fuck the fucking Falcons. The fucking Falcons, um, but yeah, Kincaid's interesting. Kincaid's interesting. He 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 could be drafted as you know if you're if you're gonna be streaming tight end and you are gonna in the market of taking two tight ends, Kincaid is one you could potentially take as as, as a guy that has that has enough upside. Honestly, that would be pretty pretty solid upside if the Bills are use him in a more versatile positions and not just tight end. They're going to yeah they they yeah. Are, they are going to. That's gonna get. That's gonna bring value to him, and yeah. you know, I might look at him in in the much later rounds, or even in the waiver wire. Um, also, just as a stash guy. 
Uh, yeah, but it, it, that's only if you're streaming tight end. Like if you're if you're going to take him after you've taken you know a top four or five guy, that's a that's a waste of an asset. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun talking about the AFC East, my favorite division, with my three least two least favorite teams. I don't really care about the Bills in that way. Um, but yeah, always fun talking about the AFC East, talking about the Jets. Never pass up an opportunity to talk about the Jets. <laughs> so no comment. Yeah. No, no comment, of course. No comment. Uh join us next time when we talk about the NFC East and Bird's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. No comment. Can't wait. Can't wait. Oh, that's my thing. That's the Jets thing. Who said that? Oh, yeah, it was Bart Scott. Yeah. Can't wait. But anyway, thank you for... Can't wait. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racing Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, wow. That was... uh... I did not. I did not have to come out there. Whoops! That was a that was a very terrible time. All right, yeah, we'll catch you at the next one. Uh, bye bye.